Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Stuart McNish, coming to you from the studios at Old Boy Productions in Vancouver. Today in studio with me are Aaron Seeley, Executive Officer at the Real Estate Council, and real estate lawyer Bruce Woolley on the process of writing an offer to purchase and acceptance of that offer. This is no small matter. It is a legal and binding document not to be taken lightly. Now, just before we get to the business side of selling and purchasing a home, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. This episode comes to you thanks to the support of four organizations that agree we all need to know and understand more about the issues related to housing. Those sponsors are McDonald Realty, the BC Children's Hospital Choices Lottery, Inspiration Furniture, and Landlord BC. Now, let's get started with the show. Today, I want to talk to you about what is it that we need to know when we're on either side of the equation about how do you construct that document? Where do we go? What are the most important things that need to be in there? Where are some of the variables? Do we dare do it on our own or do we need to seek out better advice? Aaron, let's start with you. What exactly is an offer to purchase? Is it just something that you dream of and say, I'd like to buy your house? So the offer to purchase is the end of what should be a very thoughtful process in the purchase or sale of real estate. And it comprises as a legal contract and it has binding, legal binding to it. But I think it needs to be considered as the culmination of that process because it often has conditions and subjects that are part of what has come into a very careful deliberation about, for most people, what's the most significant purchase in their lives. So what's the difference between a condition and a, and a subject? Uh, I'll let Bruce talk about the legal definition, okay. but essentially they're the same thing. And really yeah. they are the, the parts of the contract that matter most to you as the buyer or the seller because they're the specifics that you are um, considering as the key elements of what um, comprises your offer to purchase. So Bruce, is it is it fair to say that a subject or a condition is that ability to pause and make sure that you're getting what you think you're getting? That's part of it. The other part is when a seller wants to sell, they're usually pretty committed mm -hmm. and they have a listing contract and the house is advertised. Buyers have differing levels of commitment mm -hmm. and sometimes they need to check out things. Sometimes they need to still make arrangements about financing. Maybe they want it subject to lawyer's approval. For a strata title, they'd want to look at the bylaws. So these conditions allow the purchaser to make further investigations to solidify the commitment. Do I really want to go ahead on mm -hmm. this 
or not. Okay, I need you to hang on for a second while we just take a quick break because I want to give the sponsors who make the show possible the credit they deserve. First up, McDonald Realty, which prides itself on meeting all of your real estate needs, be it residential, commercial, property management, or new developments. McDonald Realty, BC owned, BC operated, BC smart. Think of McDonald Realty and check them out at macrealty.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So when it comes to an offer, what role does the Real Estate Council play in ensuring that, that, the, that the right framework and structure is there? So the Real Estate Council is um, the structure that's been in place for over 60 years in terms of legislation to protect consumers. And as the, the Real Estate Services Act sets out, it requires that those agents who represent a buyer or a seller have specific duties that they have to adhere to as fiduciaries. So they owe the duty of confidentiality, they owe the duty of loyalty, they owe the duty of acting in their client's best interest. And all of that comes behind as the support for consumers in the negotiation process. So when you get to the contract, having expert advice around how to draft, what conditions are germane to your situation, when to um, include things like financing and different elements in what kind of market as well, because mm -hmm. conditions are very dependent on the, the availability of the purchase. Um, those are all in the background with the Real Estate Council and with the, the legislation that protects. Well, actually, as you're describing it, I realize you're a bit like a college like the College of Physicians and Surgeons and whatnot, where you, you're not actually there representing the industry, you're there to protect the consumer or the or the the end user is that is that correct absolutely and and our job as the real estate council is to issue the licenses to educate the agents but it's also to ensure always that it's in the public interest and that consumers are protected so on one hand it protects that the agents you hire are going to adhere to those obligations and ensures that they're trained to deliver special services and on the other it ensures that there's a framework for um, protecting the process and the integrity of that process oh, okay. Okay, so I uh, so you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say, in <laughs> yeah. British Columbia, we tend to use standard forms in the industry. Mm -hmm. So there is a standard form offer that, if accepted, becomes the contract. So there's not a lot of negotiating on certain more minor or standard terms. The important thing will be things like conditions, what's included with the purchase price, and that's where the real estate professional will assist the buyer in completing the terms of the offer. But are you bound by the the framework of of a um, you know an offer to purchase that is that is as you say kind of the template that people are working with, or can you start to be creative based on the uh, you know what you can see as the, the the opportunity here to purchase? In some circumstances, a purchaser might go to a lawyer and have them draft a specific contract, but the contract that's currently in use for standard residential properties is a fairly well-crafted contract and fairly well-balanced between the interests of the seller and the buyer. Mm -hmm. So the focus will be more on additional terms or subject to clauses, but the boring clauses like time is of the essence and the mechanics of closing, you don't have to worry about. The biggest clause that you uh, should think about as a buyer is, it says in the contract that this is the whole agreement. 
and there are no other terms or promises except as set out in the agreement. Mm -hmm. So if the seller or the seller's licensee has promised you something, you want to get that into the contract. So is that a way of saying, make sure you read this thing carefully? Absolutely. And get all the advice you need, whether it's a lawyer, a home inspector, an accountant. Okay, got to get a hang on for a second for our second break. It'll be short, uh, I promise you that. But I need to tell our audience about the BC Children's Hospital Choices Lottery, where you can win one of eight grand prizes, including $2.2 million in cash. Go to bcchildren.com and order now for the $226,000 early bird draw. The deadline is February, March the 28th. The purchase of your ticket helps kids shine. Say yes to BC Children's Hospital. Enter now, bcchildrens.com. So as a seller, you're going, okay, I'm pretty committed. I, I need to sell this property for whatever reason. I bought something else. I got a job somewhere else. Or I need to liquidate this, this asset. Um, is there a tendency, and I know that it's, we can't generalize to sort of go, okay, I trust the process. I trust my agent or a, like agent for me, agent for the, the buyer. Okay. There's the dollar value. I want to sign it. Is that to do so at your own peril without taking the time to go through it? I think on the seller side, and as Bruce said, it, there are different motivations. And I think it's a very different process from a buyer's perspective than from a seller's. From mm -hmm. a seller side, you've done a lot of due diligence in advance. There's a lot of preparation that goes even into the process of deciding to sell your house. And if you pursue the relationship with a real estate professional, you're going to have a listing agreement. Mm -hmm. And that's really the first type of contract in the process. That's going to set out what services you get from that licensee. How is that agent going to promote your house? What's going to be the terms of their agreement with you for commissions, for example. So there's all that consideration. And there's a price consideration. There's also making sure you're disclosing to your licensee all of the information about the property so they can best represent you. And by the time that property is promoted, your professional you're working with should have a really good sense of what your price range is and how you're going to proceed with negotiations. So is part of that, though, should you also in your uh, agreement or contract with your agent is that they are going to play an active role in helping you to decipher what is in that offer to purchase. Absolutely. A prudent real estate professional will go through the important terms of the contract with you. And it goes beyond just the price. How much is the deposit? Where does that go? When will you give possession? Oh, there's a tenant here. Oh, then we need to deal with possession. When will this deal close? Does that work with the other commitments that you have made? So you should be going through those with the professional as well as the buyer going through those. So um, that sort of reinforces the fact that before you even start the offer process on the buyer side, you should have been making all sorts of investigations. Mm -hmm. Do I qualify for financing? How much money will I really need to close this deal? Because it's not just my deposit plus the mortgage amount and I can do it. There may be GST, there's going to be property transfer tax, there'll be lawyer's fees or notary's fees. Um, there'll be money that's going to your agent. Yeah, yeah, so there are a lot of things that you need to think about and really investigate before you start the formal process of offer and acceptance. It's complicated. 
with a real estate professional, it can be made easier. But yes, and I always say to people, this is the biggest purchase probably you will ever make in your entire life. Okay. And if you're buying a new car, you probably do a lot of investigating about the kind of car you're buying. Mm -hmm. This is that price times 10 or times 20. But we are still buying on emotion. I yep. think that, the, and real estate agents know this, so the people who stage their homes, they're still going, doesn't it look nice? Smell those cookies burning, or, or not burning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, smell those cookies not burning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those lovely aromas, and you dress the house up, and you go to yourself, can I see myself living here? And what's it going to cost me per month? Yeah, okay. And, and, and so you watch people do that calculation. And... And then they find themselves looking at a contract that all of a sudden they went, whoops, I didn't realize that this meant that. Yes. And, and when you get it wrong, it can be costly. Licensees have an obligation to generally inform you of the nature of expenses for which you may be liable on the closing. And if the licensee doesn't go through that, you should have your own list. Also, just in terms of mm -hmm. financial obligations, for example, if you're buying a strata, there's going to be strata fees. There may be bylaws or rules that impact you. So to help with the emotional side, having a cold, hard checklist it can be of great assistance. Yeah, somebody who's going to make sure that you go over that, that checklist. Okay, hang on. This is our third break. I want to recognize Inspiration Furniture as another progressive company supporting Housing Matters, which seeks to connect the dots when it comes to understanding real estate the same way that Inspiration Furniture wants you to find the dots on selected items in their two showrooms, and when you do, you can save. Selected items have been labeled with yellow, green, blue, and red dots, each representing a percentage discount of up to 50%. Visit their Vancouver and Coquitlam locations this week to find huge reductions and much more. Now back to the show. So uh, a couple other things that I think are, uh, especially in a market that we're in now, where there's going to be considerably more conditions because buyers are a little bit more cautious about making sure that they're making the right deal. They start to put in a lot of these conditions. But along comes the offer, and with it comes a deposit. Does there have to be a deposit? No. Mm. Sometimes a licensee will take the deposit on removal of the subjects. If you're a licensee acting for a seller, you should inform the seller of the dangers of that. But an offer, if accepted even without a deposit, becomes a binding agreement. The deposit's one of the terms. Now, Aaron, there are lots of reasons why a real estate professional wouldn't want to do a deal with no offer. I think deposits are an important measure of the buyer's commitment yes. and certainly can also um, support some of the other conditions around financing some of the pieces that will help to finalize the contract. There are also protections around where that deposit goes when you use a real estate professional. I may be jumping ahead to another question, but I think that's one of the important pieces of the framework that protects consumers in real estate that when there is a deposit, that deposit has to be held in trust by the brokerage. And so there's a protection about when that deposit gets released. And that also can serve both as a consumer protection for buyer and seller. So uh, yes, you did anticipate where I wanted to go. <laughs> With that deposit, who does hang on to it? What happens if the conditions uh, are lifted and you now move to the next stage where the offer has been accepted? Does that mean now that the seller 
can take that deposit money. It, it can be released. And there are only, I think there's really two areas where a brokerage can release a deposit. It's only upon the removal of the conditions or with a court order. So it's a very specific um, circumstance in which the deposit can re be released. Yeah. And, and that's the duty of that brokerage in the transaction. And, and that's the des it, uh, designed to protect the parties that are involved. Absolutely. Yeah. In the normal course, the deposit is not released until the deal completes. Because mm -hmm. the brokerage... Absolutely, absolutely completes. Com absolutely until completes. final closing. It, because the brokerage holds it as what's called a stakeholder. That's a fancy legal word that means it ain't the buyers and it ain't the sellers yet. The brokerage is holding it for the benefit of both. And that's in trust, though. Correct. That's in trust. Okay. It's complicated. It's not the kind of thing that you want to do on your own, is it? No. And uh, there are all sorts of people out there willing to help you. <laughs> Appropriate <laughs> people willing to help you. Appropriate. There's yes. a whole bunch of other people <laughs> probably willing to help you as well. This is our fourth and final break. This time, to bring your attention to Landlord BC. If you own or manage a rental property in BC, you'll want to know more about Landlord BC. Supporting owners and managers of all types of rental properties from single units to multiple apartment buildings. They're on hand to make your job easier. Learn more at Landlord BC. Now let's get back to the show. One thing that uh, I know has changed is agents cannot represent both the buyer and seller. But what happens if one of the parties is unrepresented? It's a great question. It's um, changed since June 15th. Mm -hmm. So British Columbia became one of the first jurisdictions in North America to ban the practice of dual agency. And dual agency is the practice where one agent could have represented both a buyer and a seller or competing buyers in the same interest of a trade. And now with dual agency being gone, if you're unrepresented, that can be your choice. And it's always been a consumer choice to be unrepresented. Mm -hmm. As we've talked about, there are a lot of risks with that. Yes. Um, now there's a new disclosure form in BC, if you choose to be unrepresented, there's a disclosure of risks to you that a licensee must provide you. If you're the seller's agent and a buyer comes and says, no, I'm doing this on my own, you know, I've done this before, I'm unrepresented, that's fine. But in that process, the duty of the agent is to say, you need to know the risks of being unrepresented. I can't give you advice as an agent. I can't walk you through the contract process. I can't act in your best interest. And you've got essentially no one on your side if you're choosing to be unrepresented. But there's still a commission that goes with that, isn't there? And so even though that agent can't be on both sides of the negotiation, do they, when you're unrepresented, do they not benefit still from uh, a commission that needs to be paid? So the and is, isn't that something that we need to be aware of, especially if we want to, you know, represent ourselves? Absolutely. And consumers should always be mindful of what are the, the commissions, the remuneration that's going to their agent, whether they're the buyer or the seller. The other change since June 15th in BC is you as a seller will get a disclosure of remuneration now in dollars that tells you what your agent's going to earn. And if they're splitting the commission, which is often the case when there's an agent for the seller and an agent for the buyer, the, the commission is usually usually paid through the seller and it can be split and it, it always goes through the brokerage. So that's the other important piece that the it's the brokerage that actually decides on the commission and the agreement to list the property is with that brokerage. Mm -hmm. So that's the imp other important piece as a consumer. Your relationship isn't just with Joe, who you've known forever, who's your agent. Your relationship is actually with that brokerage as well. And it's the commission that is going directly to that firm. Mm hmm. 
Well, here's what I come away from with our discussion. One, uh, real estate professionals are trusted professionals. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're fully aware of all of the different elements, especially when it comes to what leads to binding contracts in real estate transactions. Two, make sure that if you need to, that you seek out other legal advice that's going to ensure that you are making appropriate decisions for yourself. And three, which I realize we haven't done, but I, I'm going to ask you, if the Real Estate Council is there, should you... Uh, have questions if you're concerned about the way that somebody has been represented, you're there on behalf of both buyers and sellers. Absolutely. And we receive a number of complaints every year from consumers, and we investigate those complaints thoroughly, ensuring that we look at whether the consumer was adequately protected and every transaction and all the cases are different. And and I think to that end, too, we have an anonymous tip line. So where there are concerns and there's, um, you know, there's some protection there that you can bring forward any anonymous questions. We also have professional standards advisors who you can call. So as a consumer, you can call the Real Estate Council and ask the questions about the transaction before it's happened. Maybe you're a first time home buyer. You want to make sure you've got your information straight. Those advisors can give you information and they also provide valuable advice to the agents. Well, thank you for coming in and sharing this. You've demonstrated that there is a depth of uh, thoughtful uh, and resourceful um, people out there who can help all of us who, you know, are making, as you pointed out, Bruce, the biggest purchase of our, of our lives. So thank you for coming in and sharing that uh, with us. Okay, well, that wraps up today's show. Now, just before I sign off, I want to encourage you to take in two other Vancouver Sun and Province podcasts. The first is White Towel, hosted by Paul Chapman. Paul and a series of guest hosts bring you everything you want to and need to know about our beloved Canucks. And for all you news junkies on things political in Victoria, you're going to want to tune into In the House, hosted by Mike Smith and Rob Shaw. I also want to give one more shout out to our sponsors. This episode comes to you thanks to the support of four organizations that agree we all need to know more and understand more about the issues related to housing. Those sponsors are McDonald Realty, the BC Children's Hospital Choices Lottery, Inspiration Furniture, and Landlord BC. Thank you for tuning in on Apple Podcasts, thevancouversun.com theprovince.com, and on the Vancouver Sun's YouTube channel, and be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode. As well, I want to acknowledge Arnold Chang, Greta Gibson, and Derek Hitter, without whom this show would not be possible. What a great team. I'm Stuart McNish. Thanks for joining us on Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. See you next time. Mm -hmm.